So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you are having an incredible day, uh, whatever it is that you may be doing. And uh, I'm hoping that your day gets a little bit better as we dive into a really important subject, which is the use of your imagination. Now, before I jump all the way in, I just wanted to thank all of you who have continued to leave feedback and continue to buy our book, uh, my book rather, The Last Relapse, uh, which is now officially a month old. And uh, it's just absolutely wild to think of what's happened in a month. We've been featured on CBN. We were actually just under the Super Bowl headlines and we were trending for a while there, uh, which was pretty fun. And I've interviewed on, gosh, dozens of podcasts sharing about the book. And a major- not a majority, but a handful of them have gotten back and said, dude, your, your episode is like by far our best performing episode, which has been really cool. Um, and that's on some, some pretty well, well-known platforms as well. So uh, the response has been awesome. And I just wanted to quickly give a shout out. Uh, the Last Relapse is available anywhere you can buy a book. So uh, I encourage you to get your hands on it if you don't yet. And if you're wondering what The Last Relapse is about, why all the hype, it is explaining a system that we have refined and retooled uh, for many years in the making, uh, kind of the system that we've been walking our guys through in our paid program. And I just decided to give everything that we have into a more accessible format and a book kind of made the most sense for that. So if you're looking to get free, you're looking to really systematize your recovery, get some tools and some resources, then this book is for you and it's available anywhere that you can buy one. Uh, We're going to jump into uh, the subject of imagination today and this is something I have personally thought about a lot just because I personally think about a subject a lot doesn't mean I will talk about it on the podcast. But when my clients start to ask about these same subjects, then I'm like, okay, we have to obviously share about this content. And recently I had a client ask in one of our group coaching calls, how do you use your imagination positively? Because when you're struggling with lust and with sin, one of the terrible side effects of porn consumption is that it begins to condition your mind to undress women, to picture sex scenes or reenact sex scenes. Um, the, The imagination can become very contaminated and it's hard to sort of rewire that and change that. And so he was kind of asking, I guess, twofold. Like number one is what do I do to use it positively? And number two, like, is this just gonna be my life now? Or is there a way to get clean? You know, because this guy had not watched porn in, I think, five or six weeks. And he's just making crazy progress. And it's it's so interesting because what we observe in our clients is when you first start out, if you're watching porn a couple times a week, weekly, even just a couple times a month, you're very, um, very concentrated on just not watching porn. And, you know, that's probably a good starting point. But what happens when people start to get clean 
and you know those gaps start to get longer and this client in particular goes five six weeks and now he's focused on the causes right because he he's like well i don't have to wake up every day and wonder if i'm gonna watch porn it's been five weeks so i got some momentum going here like I, i haven't figured it all out by any means but he's got some confidence so now his focus is no longer like oh i hope i don't watch porn today his focus is what do i need to do to make sure i don't fall into those traps or those places where i'm more prone to watching porn and it takes time to get there. This is kind of the message we preach. It's always about being proactive and preventative as much as possible. But it, it does take time to get there. And it, it takes uh, some initial progress before your mind starts to really settle into that place where you're more fixated on uh, the kind of preliminary, preemptive parts of a relapse. And for him, and I, I think for probably most guys, a component of the, the preemptive measures will involve managing your imagination. Now, for me personally, I'm very visual. I'm a visual person. It's just one of my gifts. I can picture things very easily. It's actually one of the reasons that I'm a pretty decent communicator is because of my imagination. I just I can picture concepts. I get pictures of metaphors and and that really helps me to, you know, give you examples and and to give you these different analogies that really drive home my points and and connect my different ideas together. All of it is very much driven by my imagination. And, you know, even writing the the book, The, The Last Relapse and all the work we've done here, all of it is very much driven by what I've been able to sort of envision in my mind or what I've been able to imagine. So in a recovery context, um, my imagination was the best <laughs> when I, well, before I, I was starting to recover, when I was just happily watching porn, my imagination was the best, right? Because I could picture whatever I wanted. I could see a hot girl down the street and start to picture her naked or picture her doing other things. And that, that became very normal for me. And when I start to get free of porn and kind of, you know, made a, a change in my life, well, I got rid of the behavior, but but my imagination was wired a certain way. And the things that um, that kind of linger the longest, you know, when I look at uh, uh, colleagues in this space, you know, who have been, some have been free for as long as me, some have been free longer, and some are, you know, a little bit more behind. But what I'm always, I guess, curious about is what are the things that are still lingering, the things that they might still be working through, because those things are the more fundamental elements, right? Like the things that can kind of go away in a couple months or, or even a year or two are not as fundamental as the things that maybe take five, six, seven years. And granted, it's a very personal experience we're talking about. You know, you can compare me to another individual and we're wired differently. We come from different families. We have different ambitions and priorities. And so our recovery stories and maybe some of those things that linger may not actually have much in common and that's fine but if you look a little bit more broadly and you start to collect some stories and and kind of see what are people still working through it's quite indicative of of actually what really matters and one of the things that we for sure observe or that i've personally observed in my colleagues and my friends that that guys are still working through all these years later even though they're free is rewiring their imagination so it's really interesting just how fundamental this conversation is and the, the fact of the matter is most guys are visual. So even if you can't picture things in 3D and, and you don't have that super vivid imagination, 
you likely still have an imagination and it probably drives much more of your behavior than you would even realize. For the purpose of this podcast, what I want to just focus on is what we can actually do about this. Because it's nice to understand like, okay, the imagination is fundamental. We get it. Uh, It's nice to understand that, you know, this is just comes with the territory of being a guy. And of course, porn is just regularly conditioning your imagination to operate in a certain way. The nice thing is that if something can be learned, it can also be unlearned. That's a statement you will be hearing a lot in the podcast the next little bit. I just interviewed a guy named Ben Bennett, and he really had a, a great take on that statement. Um, I think his his interview is coming out end of March. And the the fact of the matter is like you have conditioned your brain to work a certain way, and you can condition it away. But what we want to do is we don't want to just try to neurologically rewire the brain away from bad imaginations. What we actually want to do is we want to figure out why we are imagining the things we are imagining. So I'm going to be very vulnerable here and say that when I I usually am, like when I catch myself imagining something sexual, so I see somebody attractive or sometimes it's not even I see somebody attractive. Sometimes I'm just doing my thing and I get sort of triggered and my mind starts to go there. I am typically imagining uh, oral sex. That's just where my mind goes. And I used to just think, oh, well, you know, uh, oral sex is just like a super pleasurable experience and that's why my brain goes there. You know, it's, it's super euphoric and um, high dopamine release. And, you know, there, there's the neurological explanations for why that exists. But that's only one component of it. And what I've observed and kind of learned about myself is that one of the reasons I actually gravitate towards that kind of thinking and that sort of visualization is because to me, that, um, that act represents control it it puts me in a powerful in control kind of position and i obviously have some sort of need for that and i've talked about on the podcast before how i can be i can be a control freak like that's something I, i legitimately work through every single day is making sure that i'm not being micromanaging and over controlling and everything else in my life and my marriage and certainly in my business so this is this is control thing is a big deal for me. And you might think like, Sathya, do we really need to get that in depth? Like this is, you know, I know this is like a little bit personal here, but the the reality is your imaginations often reveal to you what you are in need of. So when my when my brain goes there, especially when it's like I haven't seen somebody attractive that kind of led me there, but I've just I've just kind of had the thoughts come. Usually it is actually an indication of a need of of control, a need for control for me. Now, let me actually use another example on the other side. So this is when like, um, you know, Sathya is working away and suddenly his thoughts drift and he's imagining this scene. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I must feel out of control in the work I'm doing or something else. Let's figure out what's going on here. So again, it's not always a guarantee, but it's, it's my starting point because that is more or less my go-to. On the other side, 
So let's say I'm at the gym. Uh, you guys know that I'm, I'm working hard right now to gain 15 pounds of muscle while I'm in Jamaica. I don't think I'm going to make it. I might. I'm, I'm going to get pretty close though. I'm, I'm right about at 10 pounds and I think I got six weeks left. And uh, anyway, at the gym, there are lots of attractive girls and um, lots of skin, right? And just tight clothes. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous place to be when you're working on, you know, rewiring your mind and you don't want to lust and everything else. So for me at the gym, uh, as an example, because this is where uh, I've been confronted with it the most lately, when I see somebody attractive and I, can, I catch my thoughts veering, usually for me, that is because I want to be wanted by them. So that's what the imaginations offer me. That's what the fantasies offer me. It offers me the feeling of being wanted, the feeling of being accepted. So you can see now how these things actually are playing into my insecurities. The imagination is actually fueling them. And what it's trying to do, it's not, it's not that the imagination is so rotten and terrible. It's just that um, I have conditioned my mind to imagine things to try to compensate for my insecurities or my deficiencies. But unfortunately, it, it is counterproductive because it actually works against those purposes. And what it does instead is it furthers it because the reality is your imagination is not real. And you and I all know, we, we, we all know that when we have imagined something to get that need met to, um, you know, to, I don't know, whatever it is, like to experience that pleasure or whatever it is that's driven us to it, we know that it doesn't actually fix the problem. Like if I have no friends and I feel totally abandoned by my social circles, Sitting in my living room chair imagining that I have friends doesn't make it any better. So, so we have to make sure that we understand that often, especially in the arena of sexuality, when we are fantasizing and when our imagination is going in these directions, the tendency is to run away from it because it's scary and it's bad and, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be going there, so shame on us, and let's just stuff that thing away and redirect the thoughts as quickly as possible. Now, I do agree that we, we don't want to give this thing more attention than it deserves. And so I, I think redirecting your thoughts is very good. That, that is a good thing. So I'm not against that at all. But what might be useful is for you to then analyze afterward, why did my thoughts go there? What was my imagination trying to accomplish? What need was it meeting? What was it offering me? And, and start there. Now, I know for me, the, especially on the, uh, the second example I gave of like finding somebody attractive and then you know, picturing sexual acts with them is usually coming from that place of wanting to be wanted. And I can tell you the first time this happened, I was probably four or five years old. I was a young little boy. And I have an older sister, she's five and a half years older than me, and she had a couple friends over and, you know, her friends were cute and they piqued my curiosity about women. And I didn't know how else to handle it other than to simply fantasize and imagine them. And so, and of course, like at that age, I didn't know what sexual acts were, so it was like very innocent imagination, but that was where it begun. It begun at a really, really young age. And 
it just goes to show you that I think we we learned this very instinctively that our imagination can can help us you know live things out, explore things more. And as I mentioned, if you can learn something, you can also unlearn something. And so as much as I'm giving personal examples, this is still something I'm working through. It happens maybe maybe once or twice a week where I catch myself imagining something that I shouldn't. And what's been really cool, because I've been a little bit more focused on this area probably in the last, I don't know, three months. But what's been really cool is I'm at the point now where when my brain is going there, uh, before it even before I even picture it, I can actually catch my brain like starting to kind of conjure up the imagination and I'm able to redirect it. So I'm in a very different place. But that that kind of control is not just because I'm doing the mental tactics. What's actually taking place is I am learning to relinquish control, right? I am I am learning to uh, to be wanted by God, to 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 find my acceptance and my approval there in deeper and more meaningful ways. So sometimes what it means is when I'm at the gym, and you know there's mirrors everywhere at the gym, right? Because they know that we love looking at ourselves. So I'm making an effort now to not look at my body, not look at the muscles I'm working out, but looking myself in the eyes and just saying, you're doing great. You got this. You're worthy of love. You know, just just trying to affirm myself because the the gym is um, an environment where my insecurities can come up because, you know, usually to be just to be blunt, like I'm the skinniest guy at the gym, typically speaking. And I actually don't mind that. I'm not like, uh, woe is me and I'm so skinny and da da da. But it's just something I'm conscious of. And you see these guys that are super strong. And I think, man, I, I really want to be like these guys one day. And I have to I have to kind of keep that in check. You know, there's nothing wrong with uh, being inspired and even admiring people who have gone ahead of you and are doing really well in an area that you long to succeed in. But of course, you have to kind of tether it. And so for me, I've just decided, well, I'm going to focus on finding security in myself right now just to say, hey, with the muscles I have, you know, with the little strength that I do have, it's enough. I'm doing great and I'm going to get better. The only person I'm really competing with here is myself. And I have to just remind myself of that again and again and again. But what it does is it fosters security within myself in those moments so that when I see the attractive person, I'm less prone to drifting. Does that make sense? I hope that's kind of coming across clear. So if if you catch yourself yeah, and you say, you know, Cynthia, this is the same thing for me. I actually hear guys say this a lot, especially at church, you know, because church is this funny place, right? If you think about the environment, right, just let's translate the gym example to church. Church is this really funny environment that draws us closer to God and gives us these incredible opportunities and encounters to go deeper with him, to become more like him, and to further our faith. But it can also be the place that exposes our sin, our imperfections, and can actually cause a lot of a lot of shame, a lot of feelings of discomfort or guilt or whatever it might be. So you might just say, well, you know, there's just the pretty church girls and my mind wanders. That's a very surface level explanation for what's going on. What's much more likely is that you have actually been, entered an environment where certain thoughts and feelings are coming up and your imagination is is trying to resolve some of those uncomfortable thoughts and uncomfortable feelings. So all of this is to say we must learn to use our imagination positively. 
And what we want to do as best as possible is number one, understand our environment. Environment plays a big factor in where our imagination goes. Um, the the example I gave about being a four or five year old boy and and starting to fantasize about my sister's friends, that happened. I still remember that happened in the bathroom. And I was, I think I was showering or bathing. So again, think about the environment, right? It's like my nakedness and I'm now thinking about other people's nakedness. Like the environment matters. So the answer there is not, is not to shower. <laughs> like you, you better keep bathing yourself. But you have to just figure out what, what is going to be required of me to bathe and still keep my head in a good place, right? It's just, it's just figuring out how do I continue in this way and, and do it well? How do I control for my environment? When you go to church, if church exposes your insecurities a lot, then it might just it might just be like, hey, I'm actually not going to sit with my friends today. I'm going to sit alone so I can really focus on God. Pretty extreme, I know. But what, what price would you be willing to pay to not check out and undress all the church women? Especially if you're married. Like these are things you really need to think about. You might have to do something a little bit extreme or a little bit uncomfortable so that you can avoid these things. You just have to decide if you're willing to pay that price. The second thing that you should do is you should learn to engage your imagination positively on a regular basis. Now, I'm not talking about rewiring the negative imaginations. I'm just talking about daily taking five minutes and imagining yourself as the person you want to become. So when guys go through our program, they create a vision board because we want them to have a visualization of what their life could be if they, or when they get free rather. So they're picturing the the loving spouse being present for their kids, serving at their church, starting a business, having more confidence, a clear mind, whatever it might be. And we encourage them to visualize it. You have to start to retrain your imagination to see good things that are actually going to serve you and work for your purposes. And the third thing, the third thing is to ask yourself some of those more provoking questions. What did this imagination offer me? I guarantee you, if you start paying attention to your imaginations, like anytime you have a fantasy, just write it down. Write it down and write, just write down the essence of it. Keep it somewhere private. Write down the essence of it. Write down the time of the day. Write down the location. Just do a little log. And after probably about two weeks, you're going to observe certain themes in the content and probably the timing and probably the environment as well. You're going to start to be able to identify the patterns and then you can control for these factors that are contributing to your imagination. So for me, uh, I realized, oh my gosh, like this whole like, feeling of control is prevalent in pretty much everything I imagine that isn't, um, that isn't, I guess, initiated by just seeing somebody attractive. Like it's when I'm just kind of on my own and my brain is just wandering there, it's, it's the need for control typically. So very insightful. And then of course, the next question then is how are you going to address your control issues? Or if it's for comfort, how are you going to find better ways to be comforted, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, um, when I feel out of control, is where that's when my imagination goes there. Now, it's not that I need to regain control necessarily. It's just that sometimes I'm overwhelmed by my workload. Sometimes I've crammed too much in my day, so I need to move some things around. Sometimes there's just a real practical component to it. And other times it's like, okay, you know what? I just need to get up, get out of my office, 
and and just go for a little walk take a breather change the environment so there's a little bit of a process here you can kind of see you're not going to get to that place right away you have to first start paying attention and you might say oh no Cynthia I know where it always goes just write it down anyway. You might be surprised at what comes up. And even if your suspicions are correct, if you log the time of the day, the environment, the location as well, you're going to get real good clarity on some of the other environmental factors that you might be able to account for to you know position yourself for success and use your imagination in a positive way. So thank you guys so much for listening. This was an extended episode today because uh, this is an important subject. And I hope this brought some value to you. And if it did, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review on this podcast. Just lets other people know that this content could be useful for them as well. And I want to wish you an incredible day. Take care and we'll talk very soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Cynthia Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.